0: Winston Churchill once said, The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Get ready to be inspired. This is the Big Fish Cares Podcast. Big Fish Cares Podcast. Whether it's business, life, financial, relationships, we're sharing stories and journeys to help inspire you to be optimistic and to take action. No matter the hurdle in life, you can do it. And we're here to help. Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast. And here's your host, Benny Fisher.
1: Well, I am really excited about today's episode. I have a friend of mine that I've been following for a couple of years. On social media, and then we got to form a relationship in person over the last couple years. My buddy Brian Bursick from Hemlock Homes is here today. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. I I like your story, man. You got a great story, and I want to dive right into that story. Um, Give us a little bit about your background. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us how you became, all the way up to how you became the owner of
2: uh, Hemlock Homes. Yeah, so... I grew up in Finleyville, PA. Uh, it's a small town, but you know, it gets kind of crazy there for sure. We're all kind of connected in that valley atmosphere. I uh, graduated from Ringgold, um, but yeah, it's uh, I've been in kind of that construction field world my entire life. So my dad was a landscaper. Um, I started working there when I was, you know, 12 years old. He made me start working like three days a week and every time I get in trouble from school or suspended or something, I'd have to come work for free. So that's kind of how I got involved <laughs> I got involved in that. But Family
1: never wants to pay the big dollars. Do no, they? never do. You know, I,
2: uh, but it was looking back on it. Now it was one of the greatest experiences. I'm glad I got to have, I got to work side by side with my dad and watch him grow his business at 30% every year for about 13 years. So, wow. Yeah, it was a great education, not knowing at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, I got to watch him, you know, move and shake and develop relationships. And, uh, uh, you know he's not a guy that's a big talker but like you know he's very well respected in that industry so it was it's really cool to see like that legacy that he's left over there and uh you know again when you start a business in the eighties it's a lot different than starting a business in the 2000s you know we didn't have the internet and none of that stuff so uh watching his evolution to become uh one of the you know well very well known landscaping companies was really cool uh i take he takes a lot of pride in that How'd you get
1: into, like, building things? Did you, I and mean, landscaping's a lot different than home building.
2: Definitely. So tell
1: me about that journey. Like- yeah.
2: So 2000, I think thir- late 13, I think we we joined a mastermind. I was, you know, one of them coaching groups. I was like, you know, flip houses, get rich quick. You're going to no money down. And, you know, um, definitely. But I, I look back on it and I'm like, I think it was a great decision because it made me put my money where my mouth was and get real serious about it and not, uh, you know, not just be like, eh, well, we're done talking. We're going to do some action now. Um, Joined that and bought like three houses right out the gate and um, had no idea about construction, subs, hiring, no process, no system, no nothing. Lost my ass on the first one for sure.
1: How much money did you lose?
2: It was like, like twenty-eight grand. Wow, yeah. that's a lot, though.
1: A I mean, twenty-eight grand's a lot, especially if you don't have like a big business, you know, trying to like absorb some of that. So or... painful, so painful. Were you married at the time? I was not. No, so you were just you. So you didn't have like a family and kids to have to worry about. So it was just you. It's a little bit easier to take those risks,
2: right? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, bought it in like a C minus D plus neighborhood. You know, it was cheap entry level. You know, I, I...
1: what's a C minus D D plus neighborhood? Like Charleroi. Okay.
2: All right. What's like an A neighborhood? Like Upper St. Clair. Okay. You know, Mount Lebanon. What's a B neighborhood? Like South Park.
1: All right. And, And then like a C would be... Like Carroll Finley Township, Finleyville? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. For sure. Interesting.
2: Yeah, so we kind of categorize it by that, like everyone in real estate. Like what areas are you buying in A B. Like home values probably, yeah. right? It goes
1: above, you know, if it's a $75,000 home value, you know, neighborhood, or if it's a
2: $500,000 neighborhood. Correct. Is
1: that kind of basically the, the yep. levels, right? Yep.
2: It's just tiered. Um, okay. Because the clients are different, obviously. You know, the expectations are different as you go up the ladder and you get into the different price points. But uh started entry level. I, I bought like... I bought, like, a row of houses in Clareton, too. Like, I don't even, they don't do nothing. <laughs> you still have them? I still do. Yeah?
1: Yeah. So you, how many houses do you have? So you you basically got into this mastermind. Did you do it with anybody else? I had a partner, yeah. Okay, so you guys were like, all right, cool, we're going to go to this, you know, yeah. probably what, hotel conference room. Uh-huh. We're going to, like, learn something. Uh-huh.
2: They're going to try to sell us a package. Oh, they did. Did they? Oh, yeah. Did you guys buy it? Yeah, it was, like, 30, how- 30 grand.
1: 30 grand? Mm-hmm. Wow. So not only did you lose 28 grand in the first one, you spent 30 grand on
2: the, on the course or the class or, or whatever it is. What do they give you for 30 grand? Just like some online stuff. And then it's, you know, they give you, they, they do have some tools that they give you that I still use today, like, um, you know, rehab trackers and you know, uh, trying to figure out budget sheets and automatic Excel files. But now, looking back, I'm like you could just build all that really easily. <laughs>
1: Can you though? I mean, because yeah. like if you don't, but if you don't, now if you had no idea. But now you know, yeah. though. Right? Looking
2: back, I had no idea. Not even, yeah. not even a clue. But like I said, it's you know, when you when you put your own skin in the game, like it's real now. Oh, I got to get this money back.
1: It's a little bit serious. Oh, it's real serious. And then you got losing like another 28. Oh,
2: I got killed. Yeah. And then we bought one in Peter's in an A neighborhood, and we did really well. We made about, I don't know, close to like 90 grand.
1: All right, so now you got your course money back. Yeah. You got the first money yeah. the money back that you lost. Now you're almost back to even.
2: Yeah. And one, did... Then we then, then we went down the city and thought I could take all my stuff. I thought I was the man. I thought I was flexing after I made that money. And then I went down the city and got destroyed. Destroyed. We lost like 60.
1: In, like, the city of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. With, like, some old house, like, what, Mount Washington
2: or no, something? No, it was in and Point Breeze. Point Breeze? It was, Breeze. like, Point Breeze budding, like, Homewood. Home. <laughs> Not, like, Point Breeze South. It was Point Breeze North. So when you cross Penn... I got a real lesson there. So uh, again, it's, these are just things, you know, when I, people talk to me, they'll be like, oh, you know, how did you do it? How did you figure this out? I'm like, well, I went down there and fell on my face is what happened. Yeah. Lots of losses. Yeah. I remember, yeah. Being, I remember being down there at three o'clock in the morning, painting and stuff. I had to get back up at 7am, you know, to go to work with my dad. I go, you know, get down there till three, get home at four, get up at seven, go back to work, do it again because we were out of budget, you know, we we're uh, I'd self-perform everything and um it's a kind of a weird circle so like we partnered with a guy who's now my project supervisor at hemlock so like it all's coming full circle back um because if you can break bread with people and take a loss and you're still friends that's real friendship
1: yeah that's true what uh what lessons did you learn as far as like the
2: business side of things go i know it's ego it's ego man ego real estate is ego driven for sure like you know you can there's like imaginary highs and lows so like you'll get your ass kicked and then you'll all of a sudden forget about it when you hit that $90,000 hit but again like when you're in the beginning of like this journey you're not understanding that you know you're you're self-performing stuff and you're not putting your time into the deal so really you're not you're not grossing you're not netting 90 you're grossing 90 and you probably net I don't know 40 45 Fifty, maybe. You know, if you're lucky. And then what do you do? Just do it again, do it again. and just, just keep try trying and repeat.
1: Keep trying to do it, right? Yeah. Was there a? Did you guys ever have a plan in those early days? I'm like, oh, hey, I got to buy this many houses because you guys all had day jobs, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to, right? Mm-hmm. The day jobs help you fund. Mm-hmm. You're long because t- that was a long, these were long term plays that you guys thought at the yeah. time, right? You yeah. guys weren't like f- just flipping them, were you? Or were you, we were flipping, you, fl- them. you yeah. flipping them? You were never yeah. renting them, no. right? No. Okay, no.
2: we we I bought a couple rentals, like I said, just a low entry level in Clareton because I could afford it, but like I was in the streets too, so like I was connected over there. But
1: how long would it take you to like do a house back then, like to, to make 90 grand or 50 I'd grand, like five
2: four months, yeah, you know, okay, and f- having tons of nightmares and then that,
1: and there's a partner involved, you got a partner, right? Mm-hmm. So is it was like 50 50? So really, that that if you made fifty grand, it's really twenty five grand for sure, and it's over four months. Yeah, it's not nothing, right? It's nothing. So, so it's like it's almost like I could just you know, and but your dad's not paying you; he's not overpaying you, so you definitely can't, not overpaying. Yeah, so me. you're not, yeah. 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 So it's not like yeah, it's like a weird situation, Barry. Yeah. But that's probably like your car. Co- that was your college tuition dollars,
2: right? No doubt. And, yeah. and the same thing, it's you know, back then I didn't understand like nets and grosses and you know, understanding the numbers monthly, weekly. And I started looking back on it, you're like, oh man, this is just you know, you're working your ass off though.
1: Like, you were almost, but if you were any smarter, you probably wouldn't have got into the business, correct? No. So that's what I mean. I feel yeah. like a lot of guys, like if I would have known better, I would have been like, oh man, I would have just went and worked somewhere else. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I was almost too stupid, like, to, like... Because all that other stuff would scare me in the beginning, right? Like, if I know what I know now, I would have been overwhelmed. I would have been, like... I would have been in a ball in the corner, like, crying. But because I think I took, you know, I just... I don't know. I just... I took that drive that's inside of it. Because all of us, I feel like, have this weird, insane drive that all these small business guys that I know that we hang out with in, over the city of Pittsburgh, it's like, they all have one thing in common. And they all have a drive, And it's like, it's, and they all have an interesting story on how they got there. And it's never with a ton of planning and a ton of like, you know. Hurry up and go. Yeah. Hurry up and go fast. Yeah. Fail fast. Fail fast. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So tell me Hemlock Homes. Like, how did you, how did that come
2: about? How did that come about? Like, so I got full time into real estate when I went to do acquisitions with Urban Capital. Um, so I went back to my dad. It was like, uh, "I said, listen, I got, you know, I got to put my two weeks in." I didn't even know how to approach him. I've been working there for 15 years. Really, 15. How years. How many people are at his company there's, at the time? Yeah, so there's five, six laborers, and then I was a crew leader. So I ran the half the side of the business with him, you know. And I was like, but again, like I looked at it, like my dad was 54, so I'm like, I got, I can't wait, man. I'm gonna be too old at this point. <laughs> Um, you know, my Gary Vee wife, would never say that. Oh, so I was like, I can't wait. I got to get out of here. But, uh, um, you know, so I, I took on a sales position over there and, you know, it was uh, one of the greatest learning opportunities in my life because I got to watch young, young entrepreneurs, um, kind of figure out their journey. And we, I was able to see a company scale from about, you know, I think it was six million or seven million or something like close to 10 million in flipping houses. And I got to watch them do the EOS and we did all these implemented things. And I started seeing business at a different level. I'm like, oh, this conversation is way different. This is not, we, we got some plans here. Like, we're well, we're kind of structured. We're starting to see like, and I'm starting to see this tighten up, but I'm watching the wins and the losses too. Um, and, you know, I'm a very like, you know, I always like to watch and see what kind of is going on from afar and, you know, and. Uh, it was really great education to see them kind of, you know, figure out their journey. And they've rebranded and done a lot of great stuff. Them dudes are very, very educated. We're talking about
1: Archie and Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I know those sure, guys. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been watching those guys for a few years. Like, at the same time, I yep. feel like I started watching all you guys. Yeah. Our buddy Alex, I'm going to yep. have him on someday. Um, but, yeah, it's been uh, – and I don't understand real estate like the way you guys yeah. do. I'm just over here just trying to put on <laughs> roof, one roof at a time. But uh, <laughs> it's working. It's it's fascinating though to understand, like the journey, right, and then the adversity that you have to overcome, yep. and you know you have partners, correct? Yep. How many? Two. Two partners. So there's yeah. three of you, yeah. which that's got to be complicated at times, mm-hmm. fun at times, right? That's you know it's, it's good to have buddies yeah. going to work every day because when you're by yourself, I was by myself for yeah. the first five years. I just, I finally took on a partner this year, but like for the first five years, it was all me. Everybody's yeah. looking at me for all the answers
2: and. And
1: sometimes that can be overwhelming.
2: It molds well, though. So how we kind of did this was is whenever, you know, me and Urban kind of separated and they did their own thing and they rebranded. Um, I, I was already kind of building spec houses. So but before that, the planning up to Hemlock was was like, OK, I do not like the model of flipping houses. I don't like I, it's it's very hard to scale. It's you got to buy it at the lowest point, which I'm great at. That's what I did for a living for a while. But you've you got to find the contractors that can work for a subpar level of, a, of a, you know, price to get it done and then get it to finish line, which creates its own problems. Right. Unless you have an internal team, which I watched Urban do. To Fremont clean it up. For sure. Yeah. So I start looking at the market and I'm like, okay, where is real estate most vulnerable? So I'm like, all right, well, there's, there's zero builders that are my age. And I mean, there is zero I mean, I'm the youngest dude that is building as many houses as we are now. But at the time, we didn't think we were going to do this. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm like, man, building might be cool. And I know, I'm like, building's scalable. So my one of my best friends from high school, John Cushy, who's an excavator, introduced me to his cousin Ryan, who was a builder for Heartland and s and and all the big companies for about 22 years. He built down south, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Carolinas, building 300, 400-unit multis. I'm like, damn, this dude knows his stuff. And he's 10 years my age. So I'm like, all right, this dude has the discipline and this guy has the education. And all right, cool. What can I bring to the table? How can I bring value? I'm like, all right, cool. So I learned all this stuff over at Urban. I'm like, all right, I'll bring the operations and I'll bring the money. So I'm like, we sat down at um, a restaurant in South Park and uh, we sat at this booth. And for three months, we started formulating a plan. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Where are we going to target? What can we do? Finally we decided to buy two lots in South Park because I lived there and I knew the area yeah. and i would already done a bunch of flips there.
1: The worst case scenario moving. That's it. No
2: doubt. <laughs> you no sell doubt. your house, right? No <laughs> doubt. Um so we uh we built um so I went to, you know, Chris Masuka, which is absolutely my 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 mentor. He's man. like the big
1: money guy, I right? Love that like dude. I've never met him, but I always hear if you need money go to Chris. Greatest human being on earth.
2: Really? I love that guy. Wow. I love that guy Chris from the bottom Mazzucca. of my heart. All right. Um, but yeah, we went to him, and because uh, I went to all the other lenders, and they're like, we don't fund new construction. It's not, it's not tied to anything. There's dirt. Like we, we're not gonna give you five hundred grand to tied to dirt. I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? So, you know, uh, I went to Chris, and I've done a couple million dollars in deals with Chris, and paid it back. So I had a good relationship. Um, but he was like very skeptical as well. He's like, dude, I don't fund new construction. I don't know new construction. I don't know nothing about this. He's like, you've never even built a house. <laughs> He's like, your partner has, but I don't know this guy. He's like, I know you. And I'm like, all oh, right, man. So then we kind of kept going back and forth. And then the deal fell through at one point and I called him like, Hey, Chris, sorry, man. Like, it's not going to work out. He's like, Oh, this is great. You know, my lenders. All right, cool, cool. We're good. Called him back two days later. I was like, hey, man, do you think we'll still fund that? I got it back together. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, no, he uh, he ended up funding that, and he gave us, uh, I think it was like $550,000 um, for the first two. And I'll tell you what, man, I've never seen something so crazy in my life. Um, when you start to see construction on that kind of level, like, again, I put a ton of faith in my partner. Like, I don't even know you that well at this point. We're just kind of figuring out our relationship, and I'm putting my entire life on the line here. You know, because I'm I'm attached to all this debt and all this stuff. Yeah, because you, know, uh, you guys don't have a buyer, right? Like no, it's like you're no building it, it's like you're building there, right? You're no just buyer. you're building a house. And I'm praying that his budget numbers are correct because I don't know nothing.
1: And I'm sure that Chris, I mean, if as nice as guy Chris is, he doesn't loan money out at two, three, four percent. No. Right. No. Big
2: money. <laughs> Big money. So so you
1: got to make it all work. Oh, dude! And it's almost like you don't even necessarily have to make a ton of money. Probably on that first one, you just want to get one under your belt so you can learn the process, right? Pay everybody back, make sure the cut new the
2: new homeowners happy. It it's like anything else in real estate. When you first get into it, you're like, all right, I'm going to make a shitload of money real quick, and you're like, no, you're fucking not. It's not close. Like you're not even going to you're going to work for it. You're going to earn it. But when I knew that this could win is when we got into framing. So when you start seeing these dudes framing a 2,700-square-foot house and it goes in eight days, you're like, oh, my God. Are they, like, Amish guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we bring them are... down. Yeah, we got yeah, the bull cuts. oh yeah, yeah. We bring them down from Middlefield, Ohio. There you go. Yeah, they're, uh, we got some really good framing guys. But, um, yeah, it's when you start seeing that, you're like, oh, man, this really might be scalable. Holy <laughs> shit. I've never seen anything. Like, my partner told me all about it, but I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, we got to the end and it went really well. It, it did. It, it was a very, it was a learning experience for me cause I've never done it. it was a learning experience for Steve because he's never done it. Ryan, he's unemotional to it because he's built 300 houses or 200 houses, you know? And, and I'm like, well, oh, this is the craziest thing to me. Um, but we got, re- we got taught a really, really, really big lesson in the end. Um, when we went to go sell them, the first question that everyone has when they walk through the doors is who's the builder. Well, at that time, it was just like something, something Holdings, you know? And they're like, who the hell is BBSP Holdings? We don't know who they are. They're not Ryan Homes. Like, Ryan Homes is brand. Yeah. You know, Nike. And Did Detroit.
1: it look like a Ryan home? Yeah. So it looked yeah. like one of those just regular yep. rectangle homes, yep. two stories. Yep. You know, like you see like a whole allotment full of them, right? Yep. Is that what you call a spec home?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, okay. we, we built two spec homes side by side, different colors, different variations, different floor plans, because uh, you just
1: are taking some basic drawings and just yep. making it. Because yep. you don't want to get too crazy with no, it. No, right? because
2: we didn't know the numbers, you know. So right. like we're trying to like hopefully stay in budget, but we did. We did, we really did. We stayed in budget, and uh, it actually went really really well until the very end. We couldn't sell them because the so, people.
1: Were... So yeah. So did, did you hire a real estate agent? Yes. Yeah. Try to. So you yeah. hire a real estate agent. Yep. You try to. You just list the house.
2: List the both of
1: them. And then the qu- the question is who built it because everyone wants to know who built it and the reason i'm assuming they want to know is because they want to know what kind of quality is it like what
2: can i see you know and warranty so it's like if something goes wrong are these guys going to be there to fix this we don't know these guys it's a different thing because in in
1: real estate usually once you close right like and like when i saw you in my house like there's no warrant you know what i mean like it's it's over right like you're responsible if the sewer breaks tomorrow right but with
0: new
2: homes it's, it's massive there's typically like a warranty process right it's huge it's long so, tell so em- it's it's by law that we have to warranty that house bumper to bumper but there's a difference now between maintenance and warranty but uh we can get into that later on but um it's 1 year 365 days from moving and or 365 days from built and then it's two years behind the walls, and then ten years structurally, which is floor systems, trusses, and foundation. I mean, you are holding a massive amount of liability, especially when you do it on scale. Um, I mean, we talk about you, you think about Ryan Homes. I mean, they build like seven thousand homes a year. You know, so they're just holding insane amount of liability, and you're you're going to have some duds. It's seven thousand houses a year. You know? Where like the structure falls apart. So three yeah. of them fell over the hill recently in Kansasburg. Nah. Yeah like over the hill. Mm-hmm. But that was the that was a you know developer's fault, but there's a lot of stuff that goes in there. But into that's
1: that. not bad of 7000 though. But their margin you guys' margins have got to be a lot thinner, you it's know, in home building. Yeah. So get back to the sales process on those first houses in South Park. How did you end up close how, how like tell me the story. Like who who's the first customer? How they buy it? What well, did did you have to go in did, did the real estate agent probably could only do so much, right? Oh.
2: Did they have to get you involved? Open house like, After open house, after open did house. Did you have to get involved house? and be a like little the face? Bit. A little bit. Um, it taught me a real good lesson, though, about brand. So then after that, it was a big shift. But um, it was funny because the people that bought those houses, I'm really good friends with them now because I live in South Park, so that my kids go to school with them. So we actually go over there and hang out. And, like, I mean, they love their houses. They're, like, our biggest advocates now. So good. you start understanding, like, you know, being the authority and then the customer service side and, you know, taking care of the people that take care of you from the very beginning.
1: You're starting to sound like the big fish contracting yeah. company now, yeah, but with a lot more trades involved. <laughs> <It's laughs> oh,
2: so, so many, man! But uh, yeah, it's it, it's it really like the light bulb went off. I'm like, okay, it's branding, like you know, it's it's really about branding and, and having that you know, big brand that people can trust. So. so,
1: when you guys were sitting up drawing these plans up at the restaurant South Park, you, there was no ever talk of like. Oh, we want it to be called Hemlock Homes. Mm-hmm. And we want to have a cool logo, and we want like we want a showroom, and we want people to come in and nope. pick out selections. It's like nope. we're just gonna build houses, kind of like on the like like underground almost, yeah. and then just boom, we'll just have some agent sell them, and then just and we'll just keep doing that. We don't need nope. like all the retail, commercial, you know, marketing side of it, right?
2: We we intended to build specs forever at that point. No pre sold, no nothing, just specs. Um, we didn't because then you wouldn't need a showroom, you wouldn't need any of that, but it's it's a difference. So, they're in the suburbs, people care, they want to know who the builder is. In the city, not so much, they don't really care. Like, but the, in the suburbs, like Peters and, and them, they want to know who you are, and it's a big, big, big deal. Um, so that's yeah, that was you know, because yeah, it, it's like a, it's
1: almost like a flex. Hey, I bought my home from Costa, no right? doubt, like, no Jeff doubt. Costa is oh, yeah. the best, right? Uh, At I least mean, in this
2: area, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the authority yeah and he's I been mean, doing it for 30 years i went
1: in his office one time when i was looking at building a house and it was i was like wow this is impressive just for a guy just like us that like you know just in the area just to see his systems and processes that he has over there was uh was impressive and uh i know that you're you you because i've seen you guys' uh, showroom and i know you guys are moving but uh, i could tell you're headed right down that path
2: which, yeah, which is gonna
1: which is gonna be awesome
2: it's so yeah, it was and it was weird because in between that we were building them houses, um, I found a, eight more lots in Moon and we bought a few more up there and Chris gave us another like five fifty. But uh well, he the, just do that one at a time? Like how's that working? We, work we built all four at the same time but f- with 550
1: grand you can yeah. get at least enough started and then you get because you got people you got buyers for those ones then nah, right no
2: nah. same thing We spec'd them again so i had one owed chris like 1.2 million something like that So that's am no big deal yeah so he pulled but it was cool because like he pulled me into my in his office and he's like listen guys your interest is getting at like you know 15,000 a month like i just want to like i care about you i don't want to drown you i don't want to be the reason why you fail i'm like That's a lot of money, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we were like, nah, we're we're not going to fail, man. But, uh, it it got tight, you know? And then that was the thing, you know, that really changed my mind on all this is, is when you add the variable of the interest payment, it takes the, the logical thinking out of you and makes it all emotional because you're like, I don't want to make this $15,000 payment next month. Let's just sell these things. You know, like I gotta get these things sold ASAP. We were lucky that we got a buyer though, um, for the first one in moon, which really helped us. Um, it was weird because we sold our third house before we sold the first two, but, um, sold our third house before we sold the first two. Were they all the same? Um, similar floor plans, but all different. Why'd they buy
1: the third one and not the first one? It was weird. Just cause, cause the area was different. Wanted?
2: Yeah. The two were up in moon. So it was a different area.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but once you started, do- cause I remember that's when I think I first started following you is when yeah. you started doing the moon stuff. Yeah. Probably because that's when you started with the brand, right? I did, yeah. Cause I, we, nobody would have known who you were no knowing idea. what you were doing.
2: Um, But we also form we like we actually formed the company then. So like we we realized that okay, Ryan felt comfortable with me and I felt comfortable with Ryan and Steve felt good. We all felt good. So I'm like, okay, let's officially make this a brand and we're like, all right, well cool, like how's this come about? And we're like going back and forth on names and all this stuff and you know that's not my specialty. I'm like, all right, let's just get going. Yeah, should have called me. I love that stuff. That's like my favorite part. Yeah, it's not my jam. It's the brand
1: and Uh, the marketing and like the That's like the fun part for me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm straight operations. Yeah, no, I hear you. You like dealing with all the crews and, yeah. and, and you know, making sure that they, you know, timelines get done and pushing them a little bit. You know, that's, and you probably learned that from your dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I bet you, because your dad, was you, did your dad grow up in Pittsburgh his whole life? Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's that Pittsburgh mentality I've been noticing yeah. since I've lived over here. That's where the work ethic comes from, which is which is really fascinating. So tell me about the home building process. Like, I'm a customer. Um Let's talk about it from the ops side. Like, so, what do you start with? You 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 get a lot, and then you. And I'm assuming you dig a basement.
2: Yeah, are you talking about the building process itself and how it works?
1: Yeah, I just want to know the building process from like the behind the scenes. Yeah, and then, so and then, then we'll a talk lot. about there, the, from the customer There's side. a lot
2: that goes behind the scenes. So, I mean, first it's calling the townships, figuring out requirements for permits and, you know, sewer setbacks and setbacks of side yards and, you know, figuring out what they require. Is it, you know, storm retention plans? What all do we need to turn into them? Because there's a, there's a massive amount of paperwork that's got to go to the township before you even get a permit. Do you do that before you buy the land yeah, or we after? Do it, we do it during.
1: So, like, when you're... When you're buying those plots of land up in Moon Township, you kind of already know, like, oh, listen, like, you know, of course, this is not going to be a problem, right? City of Pittsburgh, I would assume, is always a problem, right? Huge problem. So, like, you really almost have to get your ducks in a row before you even decide to buy a piece of land. But, like, over in Moon, you're probably like, yeah, no, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, they do this every day. So then, You get all that paperwork all done. You you feel comfortable with the township. You
2: guys are on the same page. How long does a process does that take? It can take. uh, We got pretty bottlenecked recently, but um, typical process, if you have everything together, is about three weeks. Three weeks, and it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot. So are you a paperwork kind of guy? No. I didn't think so. No. So
1: tell me, your partners are? No. No. So how did you guys fight through that? That was awful.
2: We did, did you have not- to get help from anybody? No, I mean- Ryan is Ryan pretty familiar with the process, but he's not, you know, it's, it's again, when you're wearing all those hats, and he's building and dealing with subs, and I'm trying to do sales, and I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that, and we're all trying to just do a million different no things. No one
1: wants to do the paperwork part, no, right? No. Like, fill, I don't even like filling out the applications. No. no, it's terrible. You know what I mean? That's why, like I said, oh, I'll never work for anybody again. At least I want to fill out a job application, because those things are long,
2: you know? Yeah, long. And it's you know now that we have people to do that for you. have us, it dial in now a little yeah, bit better, right? Yeah, lot st- better. Still issues sometimes. Uh, yes. Recently, so Bethel Park was a big problem here. Um, recently they requiring codes changed and they requiring massive amounts of problem, like massive amount more paperwork, engineering. They want engineering plans, grading plans, storm sump plans. I mean, which cost thousands and thousands. More of thousands architecture.
1: Of, more architectural drawings, yeah, right? Yeah, drawings. Yeah, which
2: so cost thousands and thousands of dollars that we didn't know about. So those are the variables of building, but like, do you get
1: that money back on when no, you sell?
2: No, no, No. because if you like, they don't tell you about a lot of that upfront too. They're not, they're not up straightforward about what they require in the beginning until you get into it. We'll submit our paperwork. They're like, oh, okay, well now we need this plan with an engineered stamp, and we're like, what do you mean engineered stamp? And then we got to send it out get engineered. That was four thousand dollars. Then they want to do you know a test that figures out how much water drains into the ground and how much amount of time. That was $3,700. That's before you even start. And there's no way to find this stuff out. Before. They Now we know, but the only way you find out is by just going into it because we called them multiple times and they never brought this up. Not one time. And it's not like on their
1: website anywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. And they're the only place that makes you do that right now. Interesting. Only place. Yeah. So that so costs you an extra 10 grand? Yeah. So you just lost 10 grand for time.
1: And you try to sell these houses in Bethel for what, 400, 500? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So like 10 grand, just <laughs> boop, gone. It's gone.
2: Yeah, you know, so that's that's the thing. So every but now t- you know though you do. So now
1: you now are you still going to decide to? Will you still build in Bethel or is it really just not that profitable
2: now? Because no, that ten thousand you 10, have 000. to just include it now and be upfront. Yeah. yeah. So
1: you just bake it into your numbers, and then mm-hmm. that way you just make the plan still work. And yep. if it does, it does. You know, if, if it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't, you don't do the deal.
2: Yep.
1: So you get all the permits, you get all the applications, all that stuff. You know, when is, when do I get out there and start digging, man? Like, cause I'm assuming that's the first thing you <laughs> yeah, do, right? And you,
2: people get, people get very excited, obviously. When yeah, you, I'm excited you go, talking about yeah, it. And when you close, they're like, all right, when we get started, Are we can started tomorrow? I'm like, oh, yeah. hold on now. Like, where's my shovel? Yeah, can I take yeah, the shovel yeah. with the yeah. picture? You no, know, no. ribbon cutting? You know? <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. I mean, for sure. And that's the thing. I mean, we want people to be excited. You know, there's when you sell a product that's high dollar and it's like this, I mean, it's an emotional process. So, you know, we've understood that along the lines too. And, you know, big thing to you, we've talked is I've taken a lot of like, you're like customer service, customer service, customer service, customer service. I'm like, oh, Ben is so right. You know, so we've, we focused on that a lot in 2021 on the customer service end too. <clears throat> you know, obviously when you're doing, you know, we're building between now uh, 10 and 14 houses at a time. You, you have to be able to manage those clients People and emotions are important. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned, I've
1: been in customer service since I've been, I don't know, 16 years old. Um, If you have a great relationship with your client, because problems are always going to happen. We wouldn't be in business if there weren't problems. We're problem solvers, right? Because customer has a problem, you know, in your business, like, hey, they want a brand new house. That's their problem. Like, they want a house. You know, mama wants a a new house. All right. And daddy's going to go get her a house. You know what I mean? Like, and that's because ain't nobody know how to build their own house. No, not even close. I mean, and talking to you, it's like you know every house is completely different, their own I set know. of challenges, right? I mean, you're all these moving pieces and parts, but a good client relationship, the better you have up front there's more forgiveness and grace through challenges and difficulties. And that's what I've learned. And as simple as what we do, we just tear roofs off, put new roofs on. And there's a ton of challenges with customers. you You know, some customers might care about one nail in their driveway. Well, some other customers, they might not even notice that now. But I still have to treat every single customer, you know, that way they give us a little bit of grace. And we've been lucky enough, and that all starts with hiring the right people. We learned that through you know eos you know, right people right seats but having those core values and i know we're sidetracking a little bit but let's get let's get back to the digging you, you yeah. start to dig the basement
2: right or the yep. sewers or like what do you so ta- it starts with the foundation hole okay um so you know the excavator comes out he'll dig you a hole it's usually a day and then next thing you know you got a giant hole in the ground um right after that it's what
1: do they do with the dirt? Just put it to, just spread it out it everywhere the else?
2: We put it to the side, use it as backfill after we do the foundation, and then if we have anything left after that, it's topsoil at the end. How long does it take to dig out a basement? One day.
1: Is it just one guy and one truck? Two guys. Two guys and two two machines? Mm-hmm. And they just start digging. Yeah. Do you ever get to play with one of those excavators or digging yep. machines? That's yeah, probably fun, that's huh? Fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. Early on, I don't even leave the office now. But yeah, early on, it was I was more hands on out in the field trying to learn the process.
1: So that's a that's a separate subcontractor, right? Because yep. I mean, none, none of these home builders have their own people
2: for a lot of this stuff, do they? Unless... Some do, but uh, we don't. So yeah, because you're not doing it if next, you're a, yeah. if you're a small boutique builder, you do two houses a year. You might have machines and stuff like that, and you might do, and that's the business model. There's I know guys that do two houses a year, but they're four million dollar houses, and they'll do all of it themselves, and that's their business model. Um, for us, it's more about volume and, and, and trying to get it out there. But, like, the bigger guys,
1: like Ryan. Oh,
2: you ain't. They don't do nothing. It's they, not self. They're not selfing anything.
1: They don't self anything. No. What about, like, Costa? Like, does he have, no? no? Like, those guys. So, like, even at that middle level, right? Um, Schumacher. You know, Schumacher's probably big, though, too, now. They Schum- don't do. they they're. That's my main competitor really yeah. so they're from originally from Canton, Ohio. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was a little kid, I would see those big yeah. mono houses and I always yeah. dreamed to be like, what would it like to live in one of those houses, yeah. mom?
2: But it's worked out for us though, because it's it's funny because I've kind of taken all the data and when we, you know, a customer comes in, it's like, well, we went and seen Schumacher, Perry, Wayne, Costa. And now we're the last guy that they come to because we're the newest. And then we, we just know that, like, we, we ask them a ton of questions about what pro, what in their process did they not like about each builder. And then I just start jotting that down. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, we can't do that. And, it, you know, so you start to understand who your niche client is and you, you listen to the process and, and what people like and don't like. And you start to evolve your business around what the people like and don't like. Um, and again, like you said, it comes down to core values because do your does your customer meet your core values? Because if you don't have the right customer, this thing's like a two year marriage. You will be very miserable for two years if the customer yeah. doesn't like me and I don't like them.
1: Yeah, the first year you build it, and then the second year they live there, and yeah. any issues you got to come back for. Correct. Right? So, Correct. So after the hole's dug. Um, footers what? and foundations footers and foundations so yeah. the block guys come in no block no poured block walls. poured walls yep. see i'm
2: learning yeah so we uh is we use is that what everybody does no so miranda does block but it's a it's what's an, the difference it's between an inferior, block and porn. it's an inferior product so if you look at pennsylvania as a whole we all have block walls but every house in pittsburgh basically leaks water because block is porous water eventually goes through yeah. it pops through and comes down so what we do is we bring in solid castings that go around uh, the foundation, and then we pour concrete all the way through it. So it's one continuous pour. There's no seam, no brake lines. It's nine inches thick. There's rebar all through it. I mean, if you get water in this thing, it's you would have had to have a hell of a monsoon. So it's a better product. It's much more expensive than Block. Uh, it's about double the price, I would say. But I, and it's way faster, though. So we, we look at it as like... You Know we want to sell a nice product, so we use the better things that go in it. Now, if you think about the production builders like Miranda, so they build 400 500 houses a year in Pennsylvania. So, if they save six thousand dollars a foundation times 500, you're, you're printing money now, yeah. You know, so but, but, but it takes
1: but a lot longer, they have to have more manpower, it right? It takes two weeks usually, and they, they have do to it find and they have to find more manpower, so yeah. and
2: that can be a struggle sometimes.
1: So, you get that done, and then what's next? Backfilling utilities. Backfilling utilities, mm-hmm. so then you're digging out your sewer line and your and your electric and your yeah. power
2: and stuff like that. And is that a little bit simpler than the basement, or no? It has its own complications because you like the townships. Our niches is is we come in and usually finish out ho- housing plans that have like two or three lots left. Well, the you know the township's like all right. Well, your water taps are here. I I, I know they are, but they're never there. So we gotta uh, dig all around and find. So where's uh, their drawings at? They're, I thought, all, they're all wrong. Why don't? But they but they make you guys have drawings, and it costs us a ton of money. It costs us a ton of money. So then we'll have an excavator that digs. You know, twenty feet this way, twenty feet this way, and then some of these taps are twenty five feet down, and it, it becomes. So you really are like going on like on a scavenger hunt, yeah, trying to find trying to find a, a wood stake trying, in the ground that's been there since nineteen eighty. It's, wow. it's nuts, man. Yeah, it's building. And then like it's like a high five when you found. Oh, it you're like, yeah, yeah the greatest it's the like, thing ever. Because like, if not, it's a big problem. I mean, you have, if you can't find the sewer tap or the water tap, I mean, you're in Is the trouble. same
1: guy digging that out that dug your basement out? Yeah. So that's the digger, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. like and that's what he does. Yep all they do and then that gets all and then and then the utility guy the plumber the the, the sewer guy comes in yeah. right and then he puts that big he, he hooks up to the main
2: yep and then puts it into the house yep. puts the feed in and then starts running the you know those and we do the undergrounds we get those ran and then the basement floor gets poured after that then it starts to get fun and then you start get the framers out there yeah everybody put, loves the frame Putting floor. drains
1: in the basement
2: we, yes, we yeah. Drains yep.
1: in the basement. Yep. So, yeah,
2: you got to do all that right the first time, right? Because no one wants to come back and have to redo that. All the liabilities underground, for sure. All the dangers in the dirt. That's that's the saying in building. All the dangers in the dirt. So, so if you, you hit coal or some bad, you know, we've we've hit coal. We've had um, springs under the ground. So we've dug down. Like, like water. Uh, yeah, so we dug down one in Fredericktown. We just finished. And, like, three feet down, all of a sudden, it was just like, poof, it was just shooting geysers out. But you you would never know that unless you dug a test pit. And we always advocate for our clients, like, you should dig a test pit. It's only 1500 bucks. It could save you $25,000. So so you pass the
1: cost on to a client yeah. if you have to do it, have any to. more
2: work. You have to.
1: So that's why it's better to have a, a, a client before you start digging. Yeah. So, But you're really gambling if you're just building houses that, yeah. wow. Yeah. So do you even do that anymore? No. No, <laughs>
2: yeah. why would, yeah. Well, I, we don't do it anymore because I started looking at it. I'm like, all right, you know, no, no. That's like gambling. Well, that and the interest kills you. You know what I mean? So it's, there's another yeah. variable right, of yeah. the interest and all this yeah. other stuff. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm just going to start pre-selling these. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at it's sales. Because like
1: kids are going to Harvard. No, you know I'm but like, but I'm pretty
2: good at sales. I'll get over here and do this. So, yeah. uh, but it was weird. It was a weird transition because I always used to buy properties, not sell properties. So it was a big mental shift for me to cuz I'm the I'm the, I'm I was the lead salesperson for 2 years in Hemlock. I sold all of our houses. I did yeah. all the design. Um I did a lot of, the, you know, uh and Ryan collaborated with that and because his visions way better than mine, but I'm more of just the sales guy and you know, setting up that in the showroom and starting to understand the importance of that. Um but yeah, we uh, we got a really good opportunity though. So when we did them specs um, our closing, you know, one of our one of our people that are involved in our circle, he likes to stay quiet, but we built him a million dollar house in Wexford. And that really kind of was off to the races. And that was our first pre-sold was a million dollar house in Wexford. That's awesome, man. So. So
1: what's it like to, to when one of the customer the, the geysers are shooting up? Oh, how, how do you that's a change? order. Is that oh yeah, what, is big that, one. And then and, but then how do you like how does that customer feel safe? Because, like, I'm thinking as a customer, I have customers. Uh, I mean, I change out yeah. some bad wood
2: on the roof. They freak out on me. Yeah. it's um, So, like, how do you? How do It's you engineering, and you, you got to believe in the process. Um, and, again, like I said, it's it, it comes down to that relationship. So, luckily, I had a really good relationship with them people. I was friends with them. I was in the boat. You know, I'm a big, avid boater, so I boated with them for a long time. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah, so it was, they were, like, you know, we had to get engineered, so we had to do grade beams. It's a nice and, marina down there. Yeah, so we had to do a bunch of different stuff um and how it, much extra was that Twenty six thousand. and how much of a house is like what? what's the total price of the house five
1: five so that's a big chunk man huge and, 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 and here's and the like, thing and you don't not, see it it's not you, tangible yeah and you can't i mean the bank ain't gonna give you any extra money for no. that right once
2: you once you close the the bank the bank change has, orders are like out of your own pocket yep so that's why we always tell people like and there's a change order fee and there's all these other things that we have in place what happens if a customer can't afford it well that's the thing. So cuz like I mean like
1: 20 cuz I know a lot of people that buy houses that can't really afford it.
2: No no doubt. That's that's why you know that's been the biggest pain in my ass through like COVID cuz everyone who's outside a building and doesn't understand and I'm talking to people about business they're like you have to have the escalation clauses. You have to have them in there. I'm like yeah, but what you don't understand is is if I go back to, especially through COVID, because we didn't ask for a dollar. Right. When lumber shot through the roof, I didn't ask for a yeah, dollar. I just ate that's it. That's how out. I am. Me too. Yeah, I just ate all of yeah, it. I'm and not dealing with as much lumber. No, <laughs> but like, you know, so, but here's the thing. A lot of builders were going back to the clients saying they need 40, 50 grand because the lumber went up. Well, guess what? Like you said, what if they don't have it? Most people don't. And then what, it's just a standstill? No, you're, you're going to court because you're contractually obligated to finish this. But, you know, are you going to finish it? So, whenever the hemlock, whenever we got, like, when COVID hit, was, like, we didn't know this was going to happen, obviously. We didn't know lumber was going to shoot 300%. We didn't know any of this stuff, but we already signed nine houses. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So, we made a decision, though, because we were, you know, we're we're super young, and we care about our brand, and we work super hard for that. I don't want to ruin it by yeah. going asking nine people to give us 50 grand. Yeah. So. No, we... I,
1: I hear you, man. I got... We don't even use that much wood, but we would we would start. And the shingle prices went up way up. Oh, and I way couldn't up. catch up. I couldn't pass the I couldn't pass the increases on fast yeah. enough. And I was always like ninety days behind on profit margin. It, it was
2: challenging, very challenging.
1: So the basement's in, and then I'm assuming you start framing, right? Yep. You start you, you lay it's
2: everyone's favorite face,
1: right? Well, that's the part where you can actually see it come come yeah. to reality, right? Sure. The, the basement's boring because nobody even understands the basement. Like I. I the, yeah, you could tell me yeah. that's good, and I just have to trust you, right? Yeah. At least I could see the walls, yeah. and I can, like, you know, oh, hey, my bedroom's going to be yeah, here.
2: It, uh, How long does that process take? A couple of weeks? About seven. About, yeah, depending on the size of the house. But our normal 2,500-square-foot houses, you're talking, like, nine days. does.
1: And then you get all the lumber. Like, all the lumber just shows up at one, at one time, like, yeah. just, like, on a big semi-truck.
2: Yeah. And then they just... Pff- Put it up and, like, you know, if you took a two week vacation and came back, it'd be like, whoa, what the heck? That was when I realized in the very beginning that this business is scalable. I'm like, oh my God, there's 11 guys up there framing this thing. It's done in eight days. That's how I found out roofing was scalable
1: when um, more Hispanic crew members were coming into the territory. Because back in the day, 10 years ago, it was a bunch of us up there oh, yeah. and we don't work as fast cause you know, we're, we're more Americanized and we want to go home at five o'clock and you know, it's, we come with a lot of baggage, Yeah, we come yeah. a lot of, lot of baggage You yeah. know, we got a lot of problems, a lot of personal yeah. problems. And uh, I watched these guys do a roof one time and I was like, dang, they were doing roofs in one day when I was taking my guys three days. We use the Hispanic guys too. And I was like, yeah, you know they whistle while they work. They all get along. They don't fight with each other. They don't walk off jobs. Like it's like a different culture. You know what I mean? It's the culture that we used to have back in the fifties, I assume. And uh, it's interesting stuff. So once the once the the wood goes, up, is there any ever problems? Like do, what what what's the biggest problems with framing?
2: Um, like. It can get... So we use... Again, it comes back to the products that you use. So we use engineered trusses. So we send out our... Tr- we get a truss design from Salem Millwork. When these trusses are specifically designed for your house. They're not meant for any other house. They're not meant for all this stuff. They're specifically meant for your house. You could stick frame that stuff if you wanted. But the problem is they can twist. You can do all these things. Some guy could fall off. It's, again, when you're craning these things up there, it's a lot safer. It's a better it's product. Faster. It's faster. Yeah. It's more expensive. Yeah, but, you but it's... But yeah. it's worth it, right? But here's the thing. I mean, if you're where you can get into trouble is, is if when you go through design, when you're designing a home with a person, they want to change it 17 times. So if somebody in the office makes a mistake and sends the wrong drawing to the carpenter, you will have the wrong house built. I mean, no doubt. And then you're going to have to go back and fix it in the field, which is way harder. And it's happened. Sounds like you've done that before. It's happened. Well, how much of a mistake is that? What's that cost? You're talking probably 10
1: grand. 10 grand to fix something like yeah. that customer I, I mean, does I, the customer even know? no no you
2: know because you like yeah. just start to build it and you're like oh crap tear that down we got to rebuild it yeah. or you'll have like a gable wrong or something like that but now we we, we have a pretty dialed in but we do framing punch outs and checks and all this stuff now we try and get ahead of the problems but
1: i remember my mom and dad built a house in 1991 and uh and it was a split level and there was two roofs and they were supposed to, you know, one was supposed to go this one was supposed to go front to back and one, the other one was supposed to go side to side. Right. So that, that way there were some differences, but they did it opposite. Yeah. I and know. my mom. Yeah. And like, oh, they were, my mom, my dad was very particular and he was ticked. You know what I mean? Um. Then they negotiated something because my parent. I think this is, I don't know if I have the story right. But back then, you know, my parents barely could afford to buy a new house. But at the time, you know, I was. It was worth it, but, like, there was no extras. They actually were going to build a house without air conditioning because they just wanted a new house, and I don't know what they were thinking. But because of that air, they negotiated the air conditioning. Good move. Yeah, they negotiated the air conditioning yeah. because it would have probably cost that home builder five grand, ten grand, like, back then to, to flip it rack around, right? It's already mm-hmm. done, right? So that's easy to just stick in an air conditioning, yep. right? So, like,
2: Those are the types of things that happen in the home building process that people don't, nobody ever markets that. The custom building side gets challenging. So it's managing selections and managing a lot of things because you come into our office, you pick everything all the way down to the handles, the knobs. I mean, every single thing of the house. And as you get into it, I mean, you got to really dial in details and, and all these things to make sure. And you have to have someone Who's there to, you know, manage that selections process and then make sure now, like, we're moving my office administrator into a selections coordination role because selections is its own monster. Oh, yeah. You know, it, I, can, I can only imagine. It's insane. So after the. Especially after, with lead times. Now. So
1: after the house gets framed, what happens next? Roof, uh, yeah. So the roof goes on. Okay, uh, I hope so because you want to keep yeah. everything dry. Yeah, we want to dry.
2: So the the goal is to essentially, you know, dry the house in where it's windows, doors, you know, all that roofs on. It's watertight, and then you get into mechanicals.
1: What happens to the house? Because I've always wondered this. You build it. It rains for three or four days. There is no roof on, right? You know, like, like customers ever ask you, "Hey, man, my wood's getting wet. My yeah. wood's getting all wet." Oh, t- so time. how do you handle that? It's
2: you know, it's all pressure treated wood, so it's not a big deal. But we use again, we use a really nice underlayment like you guys do, I'm sure. And you can let it sit out for a couple of days and be fine. You but
1: I'm see. talking about even while you're framing it, all that wood oh, gets yeah, wet. Yeah. You know what man. I mean? Like it's, it's, it's. Listen, it is what it is. It I, all dries anyways.
2: All right, I just curious yeah.
1: because like I, I've always wondered
2: yep. like your house is going to shrink. So when you build a house, your house is going to shrink between an inch to three inches anyway. So the concrete's going to dry out, and the wood's going to dry out, and the house is going to do this. It's going to start contracting, and then that's when you get the drywall pops and the cracks in the wall. I mean that that's kind of all typical. We do a we do eleven month punch out at that after you buy it to come and fix that, but.
1: But then once it's fixed, it's usually not going to move anymore, right? it's pretty much done. So after the roof goes on, then what do you start with? Mechanicals. Mechanicals. So you're bringing all your plumbing, your HVAC systems, your electrical. Yep. Is that it? Yep. Did I miss anything?
2: No, it's a pretty quick phase. So it's H V A C it goes H V A C plumbing and then the electrician. And
1: those guys love it. New construction's
2: gotta be the best for them. They hate ripping out walls.
1: There's no walls to rip out. You just poof, boop, boom boom and it's just like it's all beautiful. And then you have you have inspections during you have
2: you have so you have about eight inspections during the whole process. Every phase gets inspected. You have underground inspections, you have wall inspections, you have framing inspections. They're usually pretty quick to get out there
1: when you call them. Yeah, most, most places. And you walk around, not someone, city of Pittsburgh. Someone though. from Hemlock just walks around with them to make sure that they're not yep. going to like. Yep. And
2: then
1: you guys just solve any issues, yep. anything that they want fixed. You kind of yep. just take, deal with. Yep. And
2: we do a lot of energy models too, because you have to have. So in PA, you have to have a certain efficiency level in your homes to keep the you know the energy in there. Awesome. So mechanicals get in. We'll go, what
1: happens next? Insulation and drywall. Insulation and drywall. And that two separate contractors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys blow in insulation? Or are you guys putting in? That's. We do
2: roll in and we do blow in in the attic.
1: Okay. Yep. And the drywall comes in. Yep. That's uh. Those guys probably worked as fast as the Amish guys building it. I mean, oh, yeah. it's a lot of
2: drywall, right? A lot of drywall. Um, it's it. This is whenever you know. It, it. This is whenever the client really starts. Can you know? Really well, yeah. Understand. Well,
1: yeah, because you can't see through yeah. through, through all the rafters and yeah. all the, like the holes. It's like it just looks like
2: yeah. a big maze. Like I don't even know where anything is. Then it you can put... open up challenges though, because you know, same thing. Like, oh, I'm not happy with my size of my master bedroom. I'm like, oh. So what do you do? Because like that, you're right. Because that's a that's a lot of emotions,
1: man. This is someone's house. Oh, for sure. Listen, there's so many emotions in just a roof. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Like I can't imagine. Like that's why I always tell people I don't do inside work. Like That's all we do. People are too picky. Yeah. It's all people we do. are super picky. So yeah. you just have to manage that the expectations mm-hmm. and and you kinda of almost set that up. That's why you probably triple ask, Hey, are you sure this is as big as you want your bedroom? I know you're trying to save some money, but like we found a lot of our customers, they really like a bigger bedroom. Mm-hmm. And you say it three or four times. You even have to get them to sign. Hey, I picked the smaller bedroom. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, as you, well, <laughs> you yeah.
1: start to scare them. Then, then they might not sell it. You might not sell anything. Though, yeah, you got to be
2: careful on a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, we, we try and offer up like, hey, you know, we do these things. And you know, uh, there's a one at the mall. You shines this light down. And it basically has the floor plan on the ground. You can kind of feel the size of it. Not everyone wants to spend the money to do that, you know, but you can feel you can walk through it, bring a bed in and kind of feel like. Wait, do say that again? Yeah. So up in uh, what's it? What's that mall up on 28? Um, Pittsburgh Mills. Yeah, Pittsburgh Mills. So they have this uh, it's called I can't remember what it's called now, but they shine a projector down and you send them the floor plan. And they have this room where they shine the, the whole entire floor plan on the ground. And you can walk it. So it's just a big, empty warehouse. Big, empty room. And you can walk the house and the floor plan. You can drag beds in and furniture. And you can feel the size of the room. They can feel the size of the kitchen. And make sure it's really for them. Because What's that'll, that cost a customer to do? That's like, pretty cool. It's like 500 an hour.
1: Yeah, but how many hours do you need? Have you ever oh, done
2: right? it? Yeah, tw- uh, three
1: times. How long do you spend there?
2: Like an hour and a half. Oh. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't let my, cu- I wouldn't let my customer buy a house without doing that. Yeah, I I'd me. bake that right in, buddy. Yeah. Oh no, I'd already make, oh no, that's part of the sales process. Yeah. They got to
2: do, that's pretty yeah. cool, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been cool. We've been trying to, you know, do a lot of that stuff to where they can really understand like the, what's the size of this garage, what's the size of this room, what's the size, is this is okay for the kids, Yeah, yep, closet size, everything. That's awesome. That's yeah, cool. That's yeah. technology in action. No, I don't. It's like Metaverse.
1: Yeah. The Metaverse, we do a whole podcast about <laughs> our NFT Metaverse stuff. So you get the drywall up. Uh, what's after that? Insulation and drywall. And then, and then we
2: paint? Yep. Goes into finishes. So we roll right into finishes. Are you
1: doing exterior stuff at the same time? Because like, yep. Are you
2: doing siding yep. and brick? Yep. and like? It's all simultaneous now. So what we try and do is... Because those is guys from, can be working on yeah, the outside. We're guys are working on the inside. From drywall to finish, we try and do eight weeks. So from drywall to completion tries to be 8 weeks but to do that again you have to have all the materials on site that's been the challenge so yeah. cabinets trim all that stuff has to be there flooring everything the tile guys got to be lined up so as soon as the prime paint goes on after drywall we want the tile guys in there i want the trim guys going on i want all the trim there at the same time cabinets all that so the you know our trim guys can come and do everything all at one time and then the flooring guys come back in duh, duh, duh. and then now you're getting into just punch out but so, you can, it can start to, it starts to really fly after drywall.
1: So like when you do like the exterior, are you doing, you know, I haven't really looked at Tony. You seem like you do all kinds of different houses, yeah. right? So you, you do some a little bit of brick, mm-hmm. you do a little bit of, do you do any vinyl? Or are you doing all hardy or vinyl? That's the entry level. You do some hardy. Yeah. Um,
2: we just did twenty,
1: and then the guy that's doing your siding, doing your softening fascia, mm-hmm. and all that, yeah. finishing out, yeah. and then gutter guys are then, then you put the gutter guys in the yeah. end, probably right. Yeah. Um Then you, do you hire your dad to do the landscaping? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. That was like his gift for like like you leaving, like you know.
2: Well, the thing <laughs> is too is like I just want to like my thing is is my my whole goal with my dad is is you know I want to make sure that he understands like the importance of what the relationship is between me and him. So, like, my whole goal is, like, I've always wanted to make him super proud of me. So, like, when I was younger, I did a bunch of stupid shit and, like, was not the— We all did. Yeah. I was not the most ideal, you know, son for a while. But, uh, you know, now it's kind of cool because he gets to see every single house that we build, you know, because he's the guy coming at the very end. And I'm like, all right, John, you might not tell me you're proud of me, but you're going to see all these houses. I'm going to make you. so it's been like he
1: probably tells you everything that's wrong with the house he's probably like he's probably like a project manager (laughs) like that you don't have to actually pay for he's like Brian why didn't you do it like this over here hey
2: why didn't you do it like that over here it's been awesome though because you don't have to manage him you know he's 34 years in the game he shows up two days boom boom he's done the clients love him and now do you sell different levels of landscaping packages so I allow I allow them the customer themselves to deal directly with my dad and then whatever my dad sells to them I get a little piece back off my initial you know budget
1: Gotcha. All right. That's cool. What, uh, and then, so everything, you know, the flooring gets done, the paint, the cabinets. What are we, and then you just go in and you you put the appliances in? Mm
2: -hmm. And we do everything. So customers
1: buying all that stuff ahead of time, picking it all out. Do you have to help them pick all that stuff out? Do they go with?
2: Do they go pick it out? I and try just- and push them towards our appliance vendors like Voss and uh, Best Buy, but uh, you know we're 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 extremely hands on. That's what I've been trying to provide the value in the last you know year is like this is what you get with Hemlock outside of a house. You get us walking the site with you. You get us before you even buy it. We're showing you how to lay out the house. We're telling you the the pros and cons to these lots.
1: We're- how many in person meetings are there with a customer from the time that they first like call you about wanting to explore the process? To the time then, you know It's probably seven or eight. Seven or eight physical meetings yeah. and a bunch of phone
2: calls, probably right. Tons of phone calls. Do you calls, have like emails. a do you have
1: a weekly meeting with, with a customer, like a weekly check in? Is yeah. there like you know, yeah, where you just our
2: sales guy does now, but yeah. Um it's you know, basically it's oh, the sales so like you know, the lead comes in, it goes over to the sales guy, he puts it into a sauna, you know, then his job is to get them to come to our office. So what we do in that meantime, we send them out a questionnaire, which is about four pages, basically getting all the information from them that they can provide for us. So and then they get it back. So what that does is it allows us to get a good grasp on, you know, what housing plan we should align them with, what floor plan works for them, we think, and being prepared for the meeting because I'm trying to limit the amount of meetings that we have to have. I mean, I really am like it, it can get really drunk out. But, um, you know, well, we're looking to try and best service the client by the getting information up front, and figuring out how to service them. So, and then his goal is to get him in the office and then I kind of do the whole speed and we go through and show selections and we introduce the team and, you know, put a face to a name and, and really get that hands on vibe and let you know why we're different than Costa and Schumacher and Wayne and Perry. And, you know, those are basically all my competitors.
1: Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. What is the biggest, what's the biggest challenge that you still have to overcome in the building process? Like
2: fluctuating materials and lead times. So the prices go up and prices go down. So let's just say like this: I sell a house, you know, January first. January first. I put flooring in in March. It might be two dollars a square foot more. I and the whole first floor is two thousand square feet. So I just lost four grand. There's so many variables. So when you
1: when they when they execute the contract, can you not just order everything on day day two and then like tell me why?
2: Well, because you'd have to have a massive warehouse to store everything, and then two, you'd have you to you can't have,
1: buy it and have the people hold it.
2: Uh-uh. Really? No. So you'd have to you'd have to have them hold it for a little bit, but not for months. Uh, so if
1: I sign a contract with Hemlock, when can I expect them to be breaking ground? Uh, right now, probably March first. So it's so sixty days. Yep. Sixty days, you're breaking ground. Yep. And then, what, another 30 days to get the foundation and everything in? It's about
2: 30 days to get through foundation and everything and like then that. Another,
1: so, and then another 60 days to do,
2: like, the rest? Yeah, so through COVID, we were at seven or eight months build time. Um, 2022, our goal is to get to five months. And the only way to do that is by getting materials there. What's we'll the other grow. guys do? Uh, I mean, I is, everybody, is everybody around six months no, to a year? No, a year, for sure. Cost is... He gets the, That's the,
1: well. He's doing a lot of high end custom, yeah, right? And he's yeah. probably you know his his. When you sell a million dollar house, right? It's, it's easier to get the customer to probably wait because then you're like, hey, it's it's they're yeah. they're, they're probably
2: selling the quality, right? Yeah, we've uh, so we we we're built for speed, so um, that's been the cool thing about my office. People want
1: their house, man. Yeah, like no, no one they, wants. No, no, I they want lo- their house. Was, you know, I was looking at a house last year. <laughs> And the thing I couldn't get around is like, you know, first of all, the COVID thing was really scary to me because I'm thinking like, I know everyone's going to tell me six months to a year, but I said, well, like what happens? Like when something else happens, I'm locked in. I'm an impatient person. and I'm like, man, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. And then you're going to wait. And then you're stuck. Like once, once you sign and once you're halfway through, like, you're at the mercy of the builder and of the, all the products.
2: Well, they you know take big, some, of I, build, some of the builders take big deposits, man, like huge. I mean, I know Benjamin Marcus takes... Ten percent of full price. So if it's one point two million, it's but, I, but I also
1: but I also understand why. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you know yeah because <laughs> there's a lot of time as a business owner you don't want to do something and then the customer wiggle out or like the customer be like oh I changed my mind oh we're moving oh you know eh, whatever like and if you don't have a deposit there's no it's a partnership right yeah it's a partnership and with- our cash flow
2: swings are crazy. Like it's, yeah, I wouldn't want to be
1: managing your books. That's right. for sure. It's it's hard enough in the roofing business, and it's pretty simple. You know, we have material, we have labor, and we have the administrative costs, it, and we try to keep it really simple here, so that way we can focus more on yeah. on delivering great customer service. But yeah, I couldn't imagine what it's like to manage the financials of a home building company. We could do a whole podcast on that. I'm yeah. sure
2: I've been, that's been my big focus through 2021 is my main focus in 2022.
1: So what's, and I wanted to talk about that. What are your, what's your vision for the future? What are your goals? Like what's, what's, what's like a, you
2: know, we're in, we both like EOS. What's your 10 year goal? Uh, 10 year goal is Hemlock. It's about 30 million. How many houses is that? Like about 60 houses,
1: 50 houses.
2: Mm-hmm. I want to stabilize at 50, 50 houses a year. Yep. Right. three-year goals 25 million then stabilize at 30 after that yeah. so we're shooting for 10 and a half million in 2022 we did s- just under 8 million in this year that's awesome man. and we have the remodeling company too so that helps us cash flow wise yeah I and mean, when i know
1: we didn't get a chance to talk about that that's what you're mainly doing kitchens and bass are you doing day. additions
2: or not nah, no doing no additions uh kitchens baths, basements uh decks in custom trim work so anybody that wants to remodel their home and wants it done right it's a whole other division of our company yeah uh,
1: but it's 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 but it's like half of like what the other company is right because you still got to pick out all the finishes Uh and all the cool stuff and it's fun i'm sure it's a little bit of a different process because people are living there and so that the emotions customer service yeah yeah it's even more customer service when they're living there and you get dusty in the house um what else are you passionate
2: about like other than hemlock homes you know like what else are you into Oh, boating, man. I'm a huge boater. I yeah. love it. Um, I've been a wakeboarder for the last 13 years, man. I love the water. I see um, you on Facebook every once in a while doing some cool tricks yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, Quad man. riding, all the outdoor stuff. Um, I, my kids got into it. Some of my daughters ride quads and stuff, so we have a great time. How old are your kids? Six and four. That's cool. How long have you been married? Uh, just had just had eight years, anniversary.
1: That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Does she like being married to a businessman, an entrepreneur? Because that's a, that's a tough grind.
2: Oh, it's been tough. That's good. We've had to evolve our relationship over the years.
1: Anything else that uh, you know you're passionate about as far as like pursuing other opportunities and yeah.
2: business or anything like that? Yeah, I just love business. Um I love starting I love the evolution of the grind. so like I love the the way up the ladder. You know, I, uh, I, I built a lot of different things over the years, but I've never enjoyed the process. Now I'm enjoying the process. I mean, obviously money can get tight. Things can get tight. Things are chaotic, but I'm just enjoying the process, especially with hemlock because where we're at now is something I never thought we would be able to do in a short amount of time that we'd be able to. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate
1: you having, uh, coming to the show today. Um, I have five questions that I asked every guest kind of rapid fire. Sure. What's your favorite book? Traction. Traction, we got a bunch of those copies here. What's your favorite movie? Oh, um,
2: oh man, I don't even know. Um, I don't know. I don't really. I don't even really watch movies. Too, too yeah, but much.
1: did you watch any movies when you were a kid or back in the day? Like we uh, all yeah. watched movies back in the day.
2: Uh, I actually really love Collateral Beauty, Will Smith. Collateral one of my Beauty, movie. yeah. There we Some go. Of my Favorite movies. All
1: right, I'm gonna have to check that one. Out. I don't think I've seen that. What's your favorite travel destination? Florida. Any any specific part? Orlando. Orlando. All right. I was just it. down there. You took the took Sammy to Universal Studios oh, yeah. in Legoland. That was cool. Yeah, your kids are right at that age, man. Yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be fun. Universal oh. is a blast. Yeah, I'm we out. love it. Uh, favorite restaurant. Hyde Park. Hyde Park. Me and Sammy go there, too. I love the French fries and the cone. Get the steak.
2: It's that Malkin, man. Got to get that Malkin. Get the Gina. Shout out to Alexander. He put me on the Malkin.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to get Alex on the show. And who is your favorite person in the entire world, whether it be someone famous, whether it be like someone you look up to, like it could be anybody.
2: Who, who's the favorite person? My dad. No doubt. Hands down awesome i've never i've never uh you know my relationship with him is has been you know since we even left each other's been so much better we just kick business knowledge back and forth now so it's been it's an absolute blessing
1: it's awesome when your parent when you finally feel like you're doing good by your parents eyes isn't it yeah it's the greatest feeling all right buddy thanks for having me appreciate you coming here looking for big things for you in the future man
0: thank you for listening to the big fish cares podcast it's our passion to help share stories and journeys to help inspire optimism to take action and accomplish your goals make sure to like rate and review the show and we'll be back soon but in the meantime hook up with us on the website at www.thebigfishcares.com find us on facebook at the big fish cares and on instagram at bigfish.benny see you next time